You're listening to TWN Champions, episode number one, Barbarians. Champions, arise! Welcome to the Champions Countdown Podcast, where we summon heroes from across space and time to populate our intergalactic museum, or something like that. This is episode number one. I'm Will, and here with me, wandering the mountain steps on a bloody quest for revenge and justice, is the Crimson Blade, also known as Rebecca. Ah. <laughs> well met, Rebecca. How <laughs> fare thee? Vengeance will be mine. <laughs> it, uh, what news have you from the land? <laughs> that was both a real question and a crazy one. Um, this is, it's just crazy. It's been a long time. I, I got to get used to like being in front of the microphone again. I know people who are listening to this for the first time like probably really don't give a crap about, like, it's been so long, man, let's catch up. But it really has been a long time. Like, it's been so long that I would love to catch everybody up with what's been going on, but I also feel like it's been so long that now it's just looped around and I just want to tell you all about mundane things. Like, I saw a squirrel. You know, like, I don't even well, know. there was that time you saw that squirrel with something stuck on its head and you saved it. That was a great That's story. That's never an old story. It was a yogurt cup. But that, <laughs> but that didn't happen recently. <laughs> it was a, it was yo play. The squirrel, he hungered for something he should not have wanted. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, I'm not even capable of, of properly catching us up on stuff. So I'm just kind of like, well, we're going to get a new refrigerator. That's exciting. We're going to be a different kind of people when yeah. we get a refrigerator. It's, it's going to, things are going to change for us. So, so there's that. Um, and then all, <laughs> you know, it's, it's summertime, which I'm not, I'm not crazy about talking too much about what's going on in the world around us. And we'll touch on that in a second, but like it is summertime right now, which I'm not a fan of. I don't like the heat. I don't like putting on sunscreen. I don't like all that mess. It's too much for me. Just, ugh. I'm a winter person. I need to be roaming the tundra. Saber, saber dude. Which why you're so you excited know. about the refrigerator. Yes. <laughs> I can go inside for a moment. Yes. And pretend it's a different time of year. Yes. But, you know, I, it's, just, it's just like using the neighbor as a weather vane because he's always out working in the yard with his shirt off all the time. And then <laughs> I know that I can go outside once he puts his shirt back on because that means that it's cool enough oh, to go mm -hmm. outside. And that's how I live my life. And I don't ever want to cook and all I want to eat is chips and salsa. So that's, that's how I'm doing. That's like the news in my kingdom. You know, I don't, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Um, also, for what it's worth, it's uh, the 4th of July as we're recording this. And again, I don't want to talk too much about exactly what's happening at this mm -hmm. moment in space and time. But um, if you hear any obnoxious booms, you know, it's... It's, it's not us this time. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. Can't make any promises. Um, other news, uh, if, if you had listened to our, our previous show, you might be wondering where our, uh, our third voice is, Scott. Yeah, where's where's the third heat? Where is he? What's Scott, Scott doing right Scott now? Scott is still with us or going to be with us. He's not going to be on this show, but he will be showing up on shows. But for various reasons, he will be socially distant, and we will check in with him, and, and he will contribute to the show. Yeah, Yes, con contrary to what you um, non-American listeners may have heard about what's going on in the U.S. about um, social distancing and whether we're all participating correctly, we, we are. So he's socially distant, Scott. In a kiddie pool full of hose water somewhere. Yeah, probably in his yard. Yes. Maybe. Somebody else, he went to some other family's house. I don't know. With his kiddie pool. With, with him and his kids. <laughs> like, you guys have a water hose, right? But yeah, we'll we'll check in with Scott. Not this episode, but we will definitely uh, hear from him uh, later on as we as we go on this journey together. And I guess sort of uh, wrapping up um, 
a little bit of the background before we get right into the show. Um, you, you know, it like Rebecca said, it had been a little while, maybe even about a year, but you might have remembered at the end of our other show, I, I get kind of obsessed with about, it's not over, it's not the end of things, that kind of stuff drives me crazy, and it wasn't. We took about a year, uh, but now we're back on our feet, and the reason it took so long is we just, we wanted to find the idea that felt just right for us, and we wanted to make sure that we set it up in the right way. And I think one of the things that Rebecca alluded to earlier was we want to make sure the show was uh, a little evergreen. Right. Because we think that reflects probably how people uh, grab shows these days. Yeah, we really wanted it to be a show that if you didn't catch this week, you can catch it another time. Or, if you know, if you fall behind, you can always pick and choose episodes, which is why we went by theme instead mm-hmm. of uh, just by episodes. It, it is hard to really hang on with a show. And when your show is like our last show where we watched nearly every episode of He-Man yes. <laughs> and reviewed them. Uh, it's kind of hard to hang in with that for a while. You can't you can't be hanging in there, uh, especially when every episode is the same, and there's many of them. They're great. They're, uh, well, but, listen, if you want to know, you can go back and check yes, the archives of yes. thewizardsnightshirt.com. But, but yeah, we, a little bit more uh, evergreen, and then also the fact that in this show, because we're doing it by theme, it can be cross-media. And we're not just talking about TV. Like, we're not just talking about one television show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that and, and can, I, can I just, like, I don't even know, I don't even know if this bears mentioning, but I feel like it does. I mean, I, I do feel it would be irresponsible not to say something. Uh, 2020 has been a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this is a really critical year uh, in the U.S. for our electorate. We've got a big election in November that we're all very concerned about. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also dealing with issues globally still due to COVID that's still happening. Uh, and we're dealing with issues locally uh, now confronting things about institutionalized racism and governance and policing and all of these issues that are coming up to the forefront that engaged citizens need to be informed about. And I feel we do need to be aware of them and educate ourselves. That being said, we're not going to be incredibly topical, incredibly political, or incredibly of the moment when we're doing this podcast, um, because like we said, we want this to be evergreen. These issues are clearly very important, and if you want to see uh, what causes we support and you know, with our time or money, you can go to thewizardsnightshirt.com slash links. That's also the link in our bio on our Instagram account, and uh, just just check it out. Uh, for the most part, though, we're probably just going to be talking in, you know, in a really lighthearted way about silly stuff, barbarians and spacemen and aliens, which not to say that's not political. Aliens are plenty political, okay? <laughs> we, we can get into it if we must, but generally And I'm speaking, sure we will. I'm we'll, sure we'll we will. We'll talk about Star Trek and such. But like, but like you, like you say, uh, we probably won't. We won't be getting into into that kind of detail on our uh, regular show. But uh, we wanted everybody to have that uh, context and, and know that you know our perspective as, as we're getting into things that we're being mindful of those things and engaging with those things. Even if we don't talk about them right now. Right. Right. I, I do feel that you, you, I do feel it's important to, to make that known that um, yeah, just, just being informed and responsible citizens participating in every election, participating in boring letter writing and petition writing and all that other stuff. Uh, it's, yeah, it's part of being an adult. So it's part of being a good citizen. <laughs> Well, speaking of being an adult, should we uh, get right into our show? What are we talking about today, Rebecca? On today's show, we're counting down our personal favorite takes on the barbarian archetype. I have five. Will has five. It's a top ten. That sounds like a fun thing to do. Rebecca, what is a barbarian? Should we... (laughs) <laughs> Should we define them so that we, we understand like how these lists come together? Yes, Professor. Also, I did, because I did do a perfunctory Google search uh-huh. to make sure I knew what I was talking about, I feel that we should just openly share that. This is, we're always learning and growing, right? So uh, traditionally, a uh, barbarian is someone who didn't come from one of the great civilizations. Mm-hmm. And they all talk like that. I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know what this, but the Greeks, the Romans, the Christians, all that. If you weren't from one of those civilizations... The, the Tunic people. The Tunic people. Yes. The Tunic people. The proud warriors. Um, and of course... Well, you, did you say it was like Roman and Greek mainly? Oh, did I, did we're I mention about? the Romans? Yeah. <clears throat> it's mainly, mainly them. We use the term a lot. Mainly them, yeah. yeah. And technically, from my research, as you know, it was very rigorous, and I am brilliant academic. Um, from my rigorous research... 
originally the word did not have the negative connotation that it may have today. Of course, we're really talking about it in a sci-fi fantasy kind of fun way, right? But normally when you're saying someone's being barbaric or acting like a barbarian, it is uh, not a good thing, right? But I think you said, I think you told me the easiest way to think about it is they would use it like colloquially to mean like uncivilized. Yeah, well, yeah, just uncivilized from, from elsewhere. Yeah. Uncivilized. Not Hellenistic, not Roman. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't know the good pottery. Yes. Doesn't, I, I don't know. His pottery looks ridiculous. Uh, no, I don't know. Um, so what's our, so, so what's our, like, our, uh, our, so if, if that's where it comes from, what's our common understanding of the barbarian archetype then? All right. So for here, we're picking from all across media and we're picking from all times too, but knowing who we are, you know, we're probably going to have pretty 80s heavy references. I can't help it. It's just in my blood, right? But we're talking about somebody who is probably number one, a warrior. Number mm -hmm. two, from outside, quote, civilization. Mm -hmm. I think we can use that really broadly. Uh, doesn't care about social norms mm -hmm. so much. I, yeah, I had that down too. Yeah. And then optional, an underpants outfit. Yeah, that really, that really <laughs> helped. That adds points. And I guess it bears mentioning, if we're talking about this, the first person you're going to think of is Conan. And so for that reason, he's, we'll just go ahead and say he's not going to be on the list because he kind of is the template for our like more modern understanding of this type of barbarian. He's where this archetype emerged in fantasy media. Right. So Conan, the character, and then especially uh, crystallized in like Frank Frazetta's depiction mm -hmm, mm -hmm, of Conan. Mm -hmm. And I feel this is the kind of podcast where you know who Frank Frazetta is when you're, if you're <laughs> listening, right? Like that, like, oh, that's my guy. Which also explains why a lot of this will probably be like 80s heavy because there was like a lot of barbarian interest in the 80s. It's in our blood. <laughs> we grew up loving barbarians. And then also quick, like, oh, well, you know what? We'll talk about definitions and piddling things as we go on. And this is not an inclusive list. We already said Conan can't even be on it. Like, what? This is going to be a weird list. I'm just warning you. And and I, and and also, don't panic if, if we get to the end of the countdown. You don't hear it. We do have an honorable mentions at the end. So that is true. your your underpants man or lady may be appearing at the end. It may, we'll we'll you know, see. Maybe. And if not, you can tell us about it, which we'll also tell you how to do at the end. <laughs> I just want, I don't want you to panic. Is basically what I'm saying. Just calm down. We'll get panic. to your barbarians. And then I'm don't be a barbarian. We'll get to it. <laughs> I'm just imagining everybody like clicking the forward button and like, God, they're still on the intro. Oh my, we're not going to do this every time, okay? You need some context. Trust me, you, you will have missed this if we didn't no, do yeah, it. No, yeah, you're going to want some context. Everything we're saying is great. <laughs> I love it. Made me laugh. Rebecca, do you want to start us off with your first pick on our new podcast of our Countdown of Barbarians? Number 10. This is a grand day. Greetings. Hey, care to talk? You're a welcome break from the locals. All right. I'm so excited. Here's one reason why I wanted to be able to talk about other media besides just television. We talked about video games in our last podcast, mm -hmm. right? But we didn't get to, like, talk about mm -hmm. it. So number 10, Naked Barbarian in the Middle of the Road, The Elder Scrolls Morrowind. Oh, that's a good Dude, one. Do. Thank you. That is a good one. I didn't even think about him. You didn't even think about him. Man, this is, this is all, all going to blow your mind. All right. So first of all, <laughs> I got to Please say, tell us about the naked, naked man in the road, which you're always talking about. Well, you know you know my life. All right? Stuff happens. She was already talking about our half-clothed neighbor across the street. He's a barbarian, sort of. No. He uses his mind a lot. He's digging a trench to irrigate his bushes in the front. Anyway, naked barbarian in the middle of the road. So first of all, I'm going to say that... Even though I have played many games that Bethesda has put out, mm -hmm. there is nothing I love more than The Elder Scrolls Morrowind, number three. Love that game. I love it precisely because it is clunky, ridiculous, tedious. It's a tedious game. It's a game where when your character goes up to kill its first enemy, your strikes won't hit the animal. <laughs> right. If you're not you sufficiently like trained wrong. in the skill. Yeah. What like, am why I did doing you, here? Why did you think you could just pick up a spear? <laughs> yeah, why, yeah, exactly. Like, do, I don't know. Do you know how to use a bow and arrow? <laughs> Ex no. Exactly. Have you ever tried this before? Well, you're going to fail. That thing looks scary, right? Because it is. A whole lot. And you're like casting spell and you're like... Rrr, rrr, 
this is a terrible sound when you can't <laughs> cast a spell. I love that game. And I spent so many hours. And one of my most prized possessions is the uh, manual, the game guide mm-hmm. that, that was put out. Um, I have the notes aesthetics in it. of that are really good. They do feel sort of Sumerian. Oh, it, it, it's and it's just it's just a delight. The world is a delight. It's so rich with lore, but it's fun because it's, it's not a beautifully rendered world in front of you. It's not fully realized visually, so you have to use your imagination. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a really good point. You know, and that's and that's something. God, I just love that game so much. Ugh. I always talk about. I feel like it's like a. Um, like a impressionistic like painting you get to play inside of or something. Yeah. Except a it's real, a little more beige and craggy. It's it's beige and craggy and everyone, if you don't use mods, has a really blocky butts <laughs> and like very clunky <laughs> head and it just looks weird. Like it, it, I love it. No, I love that game. So anyway, um the the Elder Scrolls does have the race Nords, which you definitely know because you probably did play Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Um, which I did too. But the Nords were sort of like the Vikings, and Vikings don't count as barbarians necessarily. Do you know why? Because of their boat technology. They're like, that's too civilized. And so a lot of people will say, well, Vikings aren't barbarians. They were noble. And I saw about how Ragnar Lothbrok took over the lake. I don't remember that show. Um, But in this case, this is a barbarian. It's also a character class in Morrowind. And this happens more than once in the game. There are tons of side quests in this game. Also just delightful. Nobody shows you how to find them. There's not markers. You're not following little arrows. You just gotta wander down some craggy foyatas and just see if sometimes there's a naked man standing there. And more than once there's a little quest where a barbarian has been cursed by a witch because <laughs> he was they were they were having a tryst. And it went poorly, and she stole his axe. It's always a story like that, right? <laughs> and so now here he is, cursed to stand in the same fork of the road in the game for eternity. Me was having witch assignations <laughs> in my axe. Exactly. <laughs> and so now you see, like, this is also, this is just like my everyday life, right? As you said, this is just what happens to you. It's like, yes, I was the witch. Can confirm. No, um, and it, it happens more than once, and they nod to it several other times mm-hmm. in the series, because I'm pretty sure they even did some little side quest in um, Elder Scrolls Online, which I recently replayed. But I just, I mean, what's not to love? He he got he got fooled by a, by a wily woman. And what happened to him? She just put a curse on him. But was it okay? I mean, you can cure him, right, of the curse if you have a cure disease potion or something like that. And then he'll give you his enchanted axe. And it's okay. Like, the axe is okay. They don't scale the levels of the instrument. I'm glad the, I'm glad the axe was okay. It, it was okay. <laughs> it was a beloved family heirloom. It was all right. I didn't use it. A pleasure, madam. I really do enjoy the company of women. Number nine. Okay, my first pick, number nine, is Hulk the Road Warrior from WWF Wrestling. Dun dun dun. So, this is the first time we're going to talk about a wrestler on this show. Yes, definitely not going to be the last time. <laughs> Could even happen again on this list. I don't know. I don't know. Who, who and, knows? And there may be an era we like more than others. I'm not sure. <laughs> but wrestling fans, many people listening, I'm sure are, or it's going to be painful, would know Hulk from the uh, very popular WWF tag team called the Road Warriors, or sometimes called the Legion of Doom when Vince McMahon didn't want to pay them for the rights to their name. Uh, Rebecca, do you remember the Road Warriors? Are, I mean, are you have a kind of a like from when I was a kid? Not really, but of course, because we've done a deep dive in wrestling every year of my life since then, <laughs> I feel that like of course. So when I'm picturing the Road Warriors, here are the things that come okay. to my mind. They're from Minnesota. Yeah, it, hey, why? Good. good. I know, job. right? It's weird. How do you know that? But because. Didn't we watch? We watched the documentary oh, we on did. them, and they had yes, that. We did. And we had, they had that gym that they went to. Yeah, we we just spent a long time hanging around with uh, the one of them on the road called Animal. It's like this is my house where I work. This is my <laughs> milk cart. Where I work out, where I go to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that okay. This now. is where I wait on the bus. <laughs> 
didn't talk like that. But we sure got did. some fish sticks left if you want one. The, <laughs> the other thing about the Road Warriors is that they wore like football shoulder yes. pads. That was like was little, that's the big thing. Little spikes. Yeah. So, so what makes them barbarian esque in your estimation? Well, first of all, like you were saying, they they have the look. I mean. Yes, it's basically red shoulder pads with big black spikes, but like they war paint. Yeah, sort and of, they yeah, do yeah. have they do have the face the face uh, war paint, um, and they're supposed to kind of like evoke like Mad Max and like a post apocalypse thing, which is definitely what they were going for, like Mad Max Road Warrior, um, and so I chose Hulk from the pair of them because he was the more charismatic of the pair. I think when you're talking about their face makeup. One of them has like the cool, like half face Ace Fraley spaceman slash kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He looks like a warrior. That's Hawk. That's the good one. Um, this sounds so mean to Animal. And Animal, <laughs> Animal just like painted his whole face white, and he's got some messy stuff happening. And then he just painted like a like a kind of a a fat little spider in the middle of his forehead. Right. And he was like, done. He's like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, He had a stamp. Well, he knew he was going to have to replicate that at all the road shows. Right. He's like, nobody, they don't have a makeup artist. Like, like, you know how, how they have now. Yeah. He's just like, I I can do spider. I can do spider. Like my wife helped me out with With, spider. With a Q-tip. Yeah. You know, like he doesn't have technologies. He's not watching YouTube makeup tutorials. But it looks so generic it just bummed me out and i don't want to get off a tangent but i will tell you this really stuck in my mind because it's sort of like a like school fair face paint when one time at a school fair i signed up I was like i'm gonna get the spider-man face this lady can do spider-man yeah sure <laughs> what she did was she painted my whole face white and then drew a spider and then some webs on my face and it looked just like animal and it really sucked <laughs> so anyway this isn't Spider-Man right. you're like you stupid lady yes and then uh, I kept trying to see it in, in the mirror at my grandma's house and I kept lifting myself on the mirror then I broke I pulled the whole sink out of the wall and a man had to come and I got a whooping it was real bad that was a bad so day anyway that's why I don't like animal I guess we're getting to it <laughs> that's just, that's just a so bad anyway day. I really loved them because they, the road warriors especially Hulk because they were like action figures come to life in the 90s when wrestling was at the height of its cartoonish phase when everybody looked like an action figure and they were just the best they just looked like a spider-man villain or something and they had this great entrance uh, every time they come out was re- that what a rush yes they go every time and that was hulk that was the good one <laughs> who did the what a rush <laughs> and he would also start all his all his uh uh, uh promos with well and it was just a great thing to do and uh, like you said, but in real life, these guys were from like Minnesota, so it was a real bummer when they took their armor off in the ring. It's always a letdown when they put it on. It's just yeah, like, they, they couldn't tan. Yeah, you know, where were they going to get tan in Minnesota? <laughs> it just looked, it looked like the guys from Car Talk are going to beat up some underpants man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's showtime. Number eight. <laughs> My name is Zed. For Zandos, I am an exterminator. Okay, my my num- my pick for number eight is Zed from Zardoz. Zardoz. Oh, <laughs> I don't even I didn't even hey, see this Kat, coming. You didn't see this coming. I'm glad I'm pulling surprises out of my hat. All right, so I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna read y'all a little synopsis, okay? Because otherwise, I'm shocked we don't already have a repeat. So I'm happy to hear. Well, good. Yes, there probably will be one. Yes. there will be more wrestlers. I promise. <laughs> I promise everyone that. The year is 2293. Society as we know it has broken down centuries ago, with the Earth's population split into three classes: the Brutals, who work the land and are forbidden from reproducing. That'll be a big deal in this film. Their overseers, the executioners, who are basically dudes with guns who just ride around on horses and shoot brutals as they see fit. And the highly civilized Eternals, who are protected from the outside world by a force field. But when an executioner, Zed, Sean Connery, smuggles himself into their isolated paradise, he risks unbalancing the system and threatening the status quo. Now that's from David Paul Helling's review on SFF World, so... 
I don't credit I don't where credit is due. Want to interrupt you, but already um, I'm saying this is a great example because the was the the Eternals or whatever. Yes, the Eternals. They're like our toga people, our Hellenistic yes, people yes. who are who are like these barbarians. Exactly. Yes. And the whole film is about this. So if you've seen stills, I'm, I'm going to assume that if a lot of you were into cult stuff, so you've probably seen Zardoz. I only watched it recently because they put it on Hulu. Okay, so it's on Hulu, so you got to go check it out. Um, if you've seen pictures of Sean Connery with red underpants and a bandolier that's also red. Tell him to put his clothes on. Tell him to put his clothes on. Um, that, that's Zardoz, so it's 1974. And this is one of those films that I think they knew it was bad when they were making it, so you can't even like be like, well, this movie sucks, because like, where's the fun in that? Mm-hmm. Really what's fun is finding out after watching it you know that was all right (laughs) and it's bonkers it is bonkers i will tell you it's bonkers but sean connery is playing like this uh noble savage um essentially who's going to be the savior of the eternals because number one he can die he makes him a superhuman and he can get erections (laughs) he can reproduce he can reproduce and everybody wants him to (laughs) Um, so I know you were like in the room when I watched this film. Mm -hmm. Can you remember one thing that happened on the screen? You didn't watch it. Like, was it, can you remember one thing that happened on the screen ever? Uh, Was there one part where some lady was making him watch a view screen to test his reactions, but like he looked at her and it became clear that he could reproduce and it was uh, very rude of him? Yes, (laughs) that was a scene in the movie. That was a scene. And you know what is weird? Later up in the countdown, there is a similar scene with another one of my characters where someone stands before him and, and, asks, and asks his body to <laughs> arise. <laughs> and it's a theme somehow. I don't know why. We probably have a lot of weird repressed things in everyone's psyche where... You know, you want to be stood on a podium and have women look at you. A pleasure, madam. Um, It's a thing. But it's, again, this is a cocaine nightmare of a movie. That's a great explanation for it, yes. But, like, it ain't bad. It ain't bad. It gets at some things. Just call it an art movie and it excuses a lot. You know what? It is an art movie. And the thing that I may love, the thing that I might love the most about it is that Sean Connery was like, okay, I'm going to be in underpants and a bandolier this whole film i don't think i'm gonna hit the gym (laughs) i'm I'm good i'm good how i look now and i just i just think that's hilarious because he has very good enough (laughs) he has a very average there's nothing wrong with it we should all love ourselves but it's just funny he's like there was no captain america you know muscle routine here that did not happen he was just like this is fine (laughs) and roll (laughs) and uh yeah so, yeah, if you've not, like, you don't need to see it because I've seen it, and that's the same thing as you seeing it. But, um, he, yeah, he, he's, he's, a great, he's a great barbarian because he's telling the civilized people what's wrong with their too civilized way of being. An arty barbarian. I, I like it. Yeah. He, it's artsy and perhaps a little fartsy. <laughs> Number seven. I've put a lot of bodies in the ground for you, haven't I? Okay, I think my number seven is a good um, counterpunch to the one you just did. My number seven is Anne Bonnie. Okay, so hear me out. Pirates are barbarians. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna, there's one I'm going to have to argue for later, so I'll let you argue for this one. Okay, well, I don't even think, I mean, I think it's a pretty Because I just said case. earlier that everybody's like, Vikings aren't barbarian because they take to the sea with their technology, and they're like, we have an astrolabe and all that, whatever. I assume a lot of people had those. Well, they use the stars to navigate, yeah, we're, right? Yeah, we're forced to agree on these two, so we have, you have to. Right, no, okay. sure, okay. So they're uncivilized. They have their own code, and they get what they want through force of will and might. Okay. So I think, I think and, and for a while, Conan was a pirate, so I feel like that excuses us a little bit. Um, <laughs> also, I think I should mention, cause this, because this may bear on some things we'll hear in the future, I recently found out I like pirates a lot. This is a very hilarious thing for you to come to so late in your life. I know. It seems like a childish thing, but for me, it's what I want to do as a man, <laughs> I guess. You want to be a pirate. You just want to go to sea, but piracy is one of the few things you can do at sea these days, unless you want to be on the deadliest and I, catch. And I'm talking about like the fantasy kind of, kind of pirate. I mean, 
I think I've, I thought a lot about why I like them, and and I don't get into like the the Pirates of the Caribbean thing as much. I'm more into it like because because it's like a time when the real world was like a fantasy novel. I think is why it's so interesting, and like the world powers were in flux. You get to wear like the cool hero costumes, and then there are all these supernatural trappings with the sea monsters and skeleton crew members and ghosts and. And yes, that happened. One-eyed fisherman telling you what he seen some time ago, that kind of thing. <laughs> right. And you get your own boat and flag, and it's just real cool. You get your own boat. <laughs> so but, why Anne oh, Bonnie? Yeah, in but particular? back to Anne Bonnie. Yes. So you may know Anne Bonnie as a pirate from Assassin's Creed Four or Black Sails, or you may know her from books. Because she was real. <laughs> if so. you're one of those people who reads, quote, books. So uh, a lot of the history we have about Anne Bonnie is kind of apocryphal because um, most of our pirate information about real pirates uh, came from a book in 1724 called A General History of the Robberies and Murders of the Most Notorious Pirates by Captain Charles Johnson, who may have been the same guy who wrote Robinson Crusoe. So anyway, was uh, he or wasn't he? Well, we don't know. We think it's his nom de plume. <laughs> so, um, so we're gonna say yes for fun. Okay. Um, so a lot of what Anne. That's Bo- probably some other guy who wrote it. Who was like, you know, I tried very hard on that book. I don't know why he talks like that. <laughs> well, you didn't like, talk better, Robinson Crusoe, which I also wrote it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. So a lot of what she did was real terrible. She was a real scumbag of the sea, but it was also hilarious because it was absurd. So I would like to give you a little bit of history of her pirating and barbarianism. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, so she was born illegitimate. Okay, so first of all, I'm (laughs) just going to say that so far, I don't, I think you just wanted to talk about pirates, but anyway, go on. Go on. Okay, so to avoid scandal, her parents uh, dressed her up as a boy and said she was someone else's kid. But her real identity was discovered probably because she was wild. We think she may have stabbed somebody with a case knife. She spent most nights carousing in bars, got disowned by her father, and married a snitch who turned in pirates. But meanwhile, she was taking on various pirate lovers and ran away with one named Calico Jack and started a pirate career. The Smithsonian said she started her own pirate career by dismembering some dressmaker mannequins and smearing them with fake blood. So when a French merchant ship came by, they were so scared they surrendered their cargo. And so then she has this whole career of fighting, shooting folks, and plundering ships. She got pregnant for a little bit. You mean that merchant ship couldn't see what it was a mannequin? If anything, they're like, I made all these dresses. I know what mannequins look like. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's oh, a the mannequin. French, well, French, oh, that is a dress. <laughs> they probably thought this was some crazy lady dismembered <laughs> some dressing mannequins and put them in a boat. We better give her our stuff. You know stuff. what? Can we just agree that if you were the kind of person who either, A, owns mannequins casually <laughs> or, like, collects them or, like, does things with mannequins, if mannequins are an interest of yours, you're probably crazy. Right? I have a relative who dress. I mean, that's she's, a, that's but she's the a, fun kind of crazy. Well, yeah, I didn't say it's not the fun kind. It's like she dresses them up for holidays and stuff. Yeah, that's 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 not a normal interest. Can we agree <laughs> that, that that's not an interest that most people would pursue? Well, I didn't want you to find out this way, but <laughs> I ordered some mannequins. I'll show you something up in the attic. <laughs> uh, and so, after all the all the piracy, she gets pregnant for a little while, and she goes back to fighting. Her crew gets caught, and at her trial, somebody said of Anne and her buddy Mary Reed, who was also a pirate, they were both very profligate, cursing and swearing much, and very ready and willing to do anything on board. And she was supposed to be executed, but she was like, psych, I am with child. And that, combined with her father's influence, got her off the hook, we think. Okay. So did she, like, have the kid? Uh, we think so. Or that, that some accounts say she say she did, and and went and had a, like a normal life and tried to pray, like forget all that murdering I did. <laughs> but anyway, this this was a very barbarian lifestyle, okay. and I wanted some lady representation in well, here. I, I, I can appreciate that too, because this is a real dude fest. Yes, you know, thus far, <laughs> you know, barbarians is a it's a dude thing. I mean, yes. I don't I don't want to be that way, but. Yeah. So there accept you have it. it. I accept. I accept it reluctantly. It, it and Re- also, Re- Rebecca did a lot to erase the history, keep it apocryphal, because it was her in a former life. <laughs> she had red hair. I wish. See you on the other side. Always. Number six. He was beginning to dislike sapient pearwood. Something small stung his cheek. He brushed it away irritably. 
He looked around at a sudden grinding noise, and a voice like a carving knife cutting through silk said, This is very undignified. Shut up, said Harun. He was using Kring to lever the top off the altar. He looked up at Rincewind and grinned. Rincewind hoped that Richter-strung grimace was a grin. Mighty magic, commented the barbarian, pushing down heavily on the complaining blade with a hand the size of a ham. All right, coming in at number six, we have From the Barbarian, from Terry Pratchett's Discworld. Oh, cool. Okay, so I was just making fun of books, but I read one. <laughs> <laughs> Hoo-la-la. I'm putting on airs because I knew how to go to the library and get one. Excuse me, library. <laughs> Sorry. So, um, this is exciting that we are able to talk about books. And while looking on the computers, somebody <laughs> slipped me a book. <laughs> while I was looking at the computers, <laughs> while I was playing me an online poker, um, <laughs> somebody showed me a book. <laughs> Anyway, now this is this format is I was really excited to do this format because as much as I love trash TV, I love trash culture, right? I mean, I just do. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, it's hilarious, it's funny and wonderful. But I mean, I like books too, okay? Um and I'm pretty sure that people who are listening to the show are the kind of people who really can appreciate the work of Terry Pratchett if you're not like already a super fan. Um, he was really, he was really just one of those voices that was completely one of a kind, you know, he had always just like a really clever take on things and, and, you know, including of course his whole take on fantasy. And he was a hugely influential to anyone who was writing fantasy from when he started and beyond, like everybody just trying to copy him and Mm -hmm. falling short. But, you know, but anyway, um, Haran makes an appearance i guess i think it's how just do you like, say his name i'm saying it hrunt it's h-r-u-n h-r-u-n because okay. that's the thing about books is ain't nobody tell you how to say the words um unless there's an audio book which there probably is but to, to the to <laughs> the hymns <laughs> uh but from the barbarian who's described as practically an academic by hub standards in that he could think without moving his lips mm-hmm. um so he's in the the first book of Discworld. See, this is how I know about it. I've literally read the first book of the Discworld series, The Color of Magic. There's like 52. There's a lot. He was a very prolific writer. And um, our heroes, our hero Rincewind and his uh, accomplice, Two Flower, the tourist, uh, they encounter Hrun in the lair of Belshemeroth. Again, nobody tells you how to pronounce these things <laughs> when it's... Uh, but yeah, uh, he... Is, He's a really fun take yeah, the on... The word is Arizona. I'm going to say Belshimaroth. <laughs> Every time I see that word, what you, you call it Arizona? Hmm, Belshimaroth. Yeah, the, I would rather think of Arizona as Belshimaroth. That actually sounds a lot more fun. You know, they're like, it's like California, but hotter. <laughs> Belshimaroth. Uh, visit Belshimaroth. Thank you, I'd love to. But anyway, uh, his, I mean, his physical description is very fun in, in that it, he's like, you know, loincloth of leopard skin, mm-hmm. like bronzed skin and gold all over his being and his wristlets and gold anklets because he's always out getting treasures. And the really cute thing about adventurers in, in Terry Pratchett's worldview is that they really love the attention. Oh, fun. So, okay. like, he's already sort of famous, and by the time they account, they encounter him in the lair of Belshemeroth, um, <laughs> when he's hunting for treasure, uh, Two Flower, the... Uh, tourist? The tourist, thank you. Oh, the is- tourist, uh, Two Flower knows who he is, and he's, you know, excited to meet them, and they have a little moment about it. Not important. But um, the th- I think just the detail that... So, so first of all, it is... Terry Pratchett was just a master of actually a a turn of phrase. Just like Uh there aren't a lot of writers who I read their works and I'm like smiling at the line because I thought it was clever. Well, you mentioned the thing about thinking without opening his mouth or whatever. That was, that was, seems like a good example. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, later on, like, you know, he's, he's, giving them one word directives in the tomb. And, you know, he says this, this much conversation seemed to exhaust him, you know, kind (laughs) Uh of a thing. Um, I really do love the characterization of Hrun, and I really do like how uh, the adventurer's barbarian trope, how, how they're described in the series, because um, it's, it's more clever, and it's, it's, um, 
there's more character there than we would normally think Mm -hmm. when we think of a barbarian. And an example of that is there's a really cute detail where the tourist has a picture box, like a camera, but it's an imp inside a box who draws pictures, right? Mm -hmm. And they can get Hrun to come along with them on their adventure because they can promise him that he'll he'll get lots of pictures made of himself. Oh, that's funny. And he loves getting the pictures and he loves looking at them. He loves, you know, putting him with his other treasures because, you know, because he thinks he looks great in them, you know? So I just, I really, I wanted to put him on the list because first of all, we don't ever get to talk, we don't ever get to talk about books on our Uh earlier podcast. I mean, I guess we could, but where's the fun in that? Um, But yeah, no, like, I, I think it's like dud doy ahoy to be like Terry Pratchett was such a good writer, but he re- I mean he really was like he was really a, a, a special talent and I just had to, I had to put Run on here so a highbrow barbarian number five they are already in my island stronghold do not try to follow we'll not only try wizard we'll succeed. <laughs> My number five pick is Thundar the Barbarian. Three years before the first He-Man cartoon, there was another Saturday morning cartoon about a barbarian warrior who battled evil forces in a world of magic and advanced technology. Ooh. So He-Man didn't necessarily rip off Thundar, I don't think. A, a lot of Conan-inspired stuff showed up right around 80 I was going to say, about. he technically, I don't think, could have because originally... Prince Adam in the comics that preceded when DC got them was like a Conan type figure. Mm-hmm. He was like a jungle prince. Yeah. So probably did not. A lot. Yeah. A lot of people were working on their barbarian stuff right around here. <laughs> a, a Thundar got out of the gate first. Barbarians are hot right now. I don't know. <laughs> he even looked kind of similar. He was like a blonde guy with underpants, but he had like a vest. And he had a magic sword called the Sun Sword. I he, do like magic swords. I do too. Ron had a magic sword too. I didn't mention it. Okay. His, his name was Kring. Anyway, bye. Uh, and Thundar has a crew. He's got uh, Princess Ariel, who's a young wizard, and Ukla the Mock, who's kind of like Chewbacca. It was, a, it was a pretty cool concept. Good group. So it's a really cool concept. In nineteen nine in the year nineteen ninety four, a passing comet, a passing planet broke the moon and ravaged the earth. Get it right. <laughs> so now, <laughs> in three thousand nine hundred ninety four, Thundar is fighting evil wizards and werewolves and mutants and stuff in the ruins of the old earth. Like, is literally every one of our barbarians post apocalyptic or, or might like be that might be something we're worldly? figuring out isn't that a thing well this was pretty cool because they even had like famous national landmarks and stuff in the background like in different episodes oh, they'd that's be in different fun. yeah you yeah. know you were like in france or something it was cool um and jack kirby worked on the production design for it and alan oppenheimer did some of the bad guys oh, so okay. it's pretty cool okay um i recently i just recently learned about about this i mean i knew it existed but like I had antenna TV, uh, like when I was young enough to be watching the stuff. And also he's a little before our time, I think. Um, but Thundar is really cool. He's like a little rough around the edges and he's more seventies than eighties probably. Um, and he even had like the show even had this, uh, that hilarious, like announcer guy who's like totally removed from the show and doesn't make any sense. Like the super friends had Thundar, the barbarian. It's a lot more pulpy, which I probably makes for a good barbarian. Um, and I don't have too much more to add, but I'll leave you this description of an episode that kind of gives you some good flavor. Did you watch one? In I watched a little. I watched a little a bit clip. of it. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, the evil wizard Mendoc lost his body in the Great Cataclysm two thousand years earlier. Although his brain survived, he, General Zoa, and Zoa's minions seek out cryogenically frozen twentieth-century scientists uh, to help him create a new body. Okay. It's pretty cool. You're like he's living the dream. There was also one about um, an old amusement park hidden under the snow and ice and people uh, and aliens uh, going in there and looking for food and stuff. I mean, it's great. I love a good old amusement park story. Yeah, me too. I really do like it. Because bad things happen in old amusement yeah. parks. Yeah, it's, it's always a good <laughs> setting. It's always a good setting. I remember being way too young and reading the Dean Koontz book. What was that? Hideaway? There's one that takes place uh-huh. inside an abandoned muse- amusement park where there's like a killer who uses it as his lair. And I remember just that. I was like, oh, it's so evocative. And I'm like 11 or whatever. Uh, I mean, everybody reads stuff they shouldn't read when they're like yes. 11, 12, yes. 10, a little, little younger. <laughs> You know, we'll we'll get to explore yes. all of the depths of all of the stuff we should. I not definitely have read. read some novels that were not the kind of novels I thought they were, <laughs> but I learned a lot. <laughs> Apples represent temptation. <laughs> 
And when the barbarian is put on a platform in front of a room of <laughs> exactly. women scientists, exactly. cool stuff will happen. <laughs> I feel embarrassed, but also... Number four. The internationally renowned bad boys of bodybuilding, Peter and David Paul. Get out of here, he's mine. No, get out. I'm going out. I'm going Guys. The Barbarians feel the power. And coming along at number four. Do, 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 do. This is ooh, this is exciting because I think this might be a new one that you may not know of, okay. or maybe you do. Well, see. Have you ever heard of the Barbarian Brothers, who were bodybuilders? Okay. See, we're You're all... not allowed to know stuff I don't know. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Let okay. me tell you of the Barbarian right. Brothers. So here's the thing. They were twins. Uh, their names were Peter Paul and David Paul. And actually, recently, just a, earlier this year, um, David Paul just recently passed away. Okay. So, I mean, like, they've been sort of, like, in people's minds, I guess, recently. But, you know, back in the 80s, if you just had a good gimmick, like, you could be a star. So their gimmick was, they're twins, they're ripped. And so they went as the Barbarian uh-huh. Brothers. It's basically a real-life wrestling gimmick. Uh-huh. They weren't, like... Mr. Universe winners, like they weren't like necessarily competitive bodybuilders. They were just celebrity bodybuilders, and they were able to parlay that into a career where they got at least one movie made, which was called The Barbarians, made in 1987. And so was this a thing where they were just sort of like in the 70s, they were just like guest stars on anything that was on TV? They, I think they did some little bit roles like that, especially like in Like your agent films. would just book them, like you're some henchman on Wonder Woman. Sure, yes. And then if you are if you book one, you got to book the other. Yeah. It's a, it's a two for one. But just pay for one. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably so. But I mean, but they like they got that mm-hmm. like that sort of celebrity about them. The only other person I can think of who's a celebrity in that similar way is like, you know how like Mr. T rose to fame? Okay. Okay. You know what? Mr. T was just a personality before. Uh-huh. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like we obviously the A team was a thing, but it's just kind of like Mr. T was a guy we all knew. Right. It's like, well, who's what? What is he? It's like, well, he's cool. I don't know. Yeah. Do you want me to explain Mr. T to you? Shall I explain why the winds blow and the ocean <laughs> tides meet the sand? I don't know. He might show up in your movies. <laughs> he just might. Yeah, he might. He might, and he might be awesome. But anyway, no. So the Barbarian Brothers. Um, I just watched literally one clip of the 1987 film, The Barbarians, and uh, it was hilarious because they've got you know some costumes, and there's a guy named like Haydar, Haybar, and stuff <laughs> like that, and there's there's all sorts of barbarian stuff going on, but they just talk like a couple of guys, like, you know, just like regular, like there's was no accents. Was it set in modern day? I don't know. I don't think it was. I think they just talked were like Were there homes? Were there, was there electricity? I, they were in a forest because, you know, that's oh, the cheapest way yeah. to shoot if you're in a forest. You're like, I, I, I need a set. We'll go out oh, to the woods by in our house. Um, they just sound like regular dudes. I want the axe. Good. I like the sword better. They build themselves as the strongest brothers of all time. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna hit you with some stats, okay? Okay. They were. They bragged about things that they probably didn't do, but people. But they did do a lot. So it's kind of like, is it apocryphal or was it real? Uh, they they claimed they could do like standing dumbbell curl, curls with 120 pound dumbbells, like 10 reps. You know, like that's a Wait. set for me. Oh, oh, a dumbbell. dumbbell one, hand. Curl. one hand. One hand. Okay. 120 okay. pounds, right? Got it. A single arm row, 200 pounds. You know, single arm row okay. reps, all right? And just, like, regularly bench 500 pounds. Like, that's the kind of stuff, you know. Okay. It's like that kind of stuff. That is pretty funny because this is things that, like, people do now. I mean, I mean if you're a... Sure. I mean, they were, like, they looked... I mean, if you, they looked almost as built as, like, Arnold did in oh, his Oh, really? Okay, days. I was going to ask. If you look at them, I mean, they were pretty... They were big. They were... They were Strong dudes. Yeah. If you're a bodybuilder dude, you know. Well, let me ask you this. You know, we're talking about the Legion of Doom. Was there a more charismatic brother? I don't know. I think they were exactly they the were same. They were real twins. They were, it was the, it was, they were of a piece. His ankles have less mass than mine. No, I think they look just the same. Okay. Like, I really, I couldn't tell them apart, like, when they were young, you know. Okay. And so now I'm really sad, too, because I know one of them has passed away and the other brother has not. Um, even though I think the one, one of them kind of got out of bodybuilding and, like, focused on photography and I can't uh-huh. even tell you which one that was but they haven't been living like the same life recently in any well, you know the same lifestyle mm-hmm. but it, it makes me really sad to think about a twin without their twin flame like right. I honestly like cry a little bit when I think about it and I'm like his brother's gone what's he gonna do? like well, 
Like, that would be like, a great motivation for a barbarian quest. I know. Though. Like, that's his, his motivation. That's like, his, like, that's now his... he must wonder. I know. That's the twin of his heart. Right. Who's going to fill that void? Right. A woman who's standing there. He's on a platform. <laughs> and he's, she's like, yes, barbarian, come to me. And then, like, they fall in love. Beautiful. I know. I'm going to write it. Um, call me with casting ideas. Number three. Let's go to Norway, where over 300,000 fans have traveled to the Arctic Circle to see the legendary metal band Death Clock perform just one song. We're here to make coffee metal. We will make everything metal. Blacker than the black is black. Time's infinity. All right, coming in at number three is Nathan Explosion. Oh, I wouldn't have thought of that. I think it's pretty good, right? That's good. Okay, so that's, Na- a, that's, a, that's a good, clever pick. Okay. <laughs> A spinning. <laughs> oh. uh, so Nathan Explosion is the fictional lead singer for a death metal band called Death Clock on the show Metalocalypse. This is a, a cartoon on Adult Swim created in, in the Alters. Yeah, created by uh, Brendan Small, who did uh, home movies and various guitar stuff. Now, if you're a guitar nerd, Brendan Small does like Galacticon and all, all the Death Clock stuff. So I think Nathan. Because I wanted somebody that's kind of like represents a modern barbarian, I think, that okay. kind of brings us into the modern era. I'm feeling it. And he's got the look. I mean, we talked about how, you know, there's a debate of whether you would call a Viking barbarian, but he definitely comes from like hinterlands look. You know, he's sort of Viking looking. He's got the Viking corpse paint when they play. He's got the long square cut hair, the brutish figure. Um, and he's completely uncivilized. I mean, in the show, all the members of the band are comically murdering people all the time and they're so rich they don't even know how to behave in regular society and it's just like complete <laughs> yeah, complete see, hedonism a, yeah that that ticks a lot of barbarian boxes yes. and he just wants to live a brutal lifestyle and make tons of money that's basically all he wants um and uh, i think he's supposed to be from florida which is probably as close as we get to parts unknown these days <laughs> <laughs> and i come from right around there so i can say that it's, yeah you were were you born in Tallahassee? Yes, I was. Yes, you, I forgot from, that. You were a Florida man. I forgot that. You're a Florida man. Yeah. Or were you... I don't... Yeah, that's okay. true. Or were you born in Bainbridge? No, I was, bo- I was born in Tallahassee. Okay. They were like, we're going to go to the good hospital for our baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's terrible. You know, you're not going to go to... You want the poultices or the hospital? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to treat him good. So... Uh, no, that's a good one. Yeah, not that's too much one. more to add, uh, but uh, Nathan Explosion, he's a cool one, I think. Modern Barbarian. That's a, that's a good pick. Though I do not believe that this is the right thing to do artistically, I do, however, believe that this is the right thing to do financially. Number two. So this is number two, although it's technically my number one. But, you know, we agreed we're going to switch off. So whatever we'll pick for number one is our collective number one, right? But then also, we, we did this separately in case you couldn't. Whatever. Just edit all that out. We have we? to agree on the number ones. But we if we don't, don't worry. We're, we will say. Will is really big on reassuring the listeners. Like, so that don't panic. <laughs> Just don't panic. It's okay. I want to be reassured when I listen to things. I need to know if I'm getting into some garbage. My time is precious. <laughs> well, I hate to inform everyone, you were getting into some garbage. I should have told you that at the beginning. This is, yeah, this is fun garbage. Number two. Okay. My number one. Auntie Entity from oh, Mad yeah. Max Beyond Thunderdome. Great, great. Do, 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 do. Okay, so, so. Here's the one that I said I had to argue for. First of all, I wanted a lady, dude fest. We gotta let you know. Let's let's have somebody. And I think she counts because Barter Town is okay, well. It is, I guess, civilization in a, in a way. But Barter Town is kind of like outside of civilization. Yeah, well, I was gonna right? say it's like it's like Conan's um, tribal town. There's just common laws. You know, this it's not like a like a a lot of codified laws. It's yes. Like, yeah. It's, you know, you know, break a deal, bust a deal, get the wheel, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, Great. so I, I think it counts, right? Cause, and she's like the, uh, Ursat's leader of barter town. 
And also, I think she counts because like, the only thing she, the only box she doesn't take is like she doesn't, she's not physically a fighter herself necessarily because she's shrewd, right? Yeah. And she, she does shoot that saxophone with a crossbow. She does, do, <laughs> sure, yeah. She does a lot of great stuff that's not necessarily swinging a sword right. muscle movements, yes. right? Okay. Um, but then also she's got like the armor, yeah. right? Like that, her outfit is freaking glorious. And, um, so that's, I, I'm just picking her because I love her, yeah. first of all. As far as I'm concerned, Mad Max Beyond Th- Thunderdome is just like the wrong movie. Because like, I don't care about Mel Gibson. You are so right. You I know? never thought about it, but that was the movie. Like, uh, the, yeah. whole, the whole the second, movie. the whole third act, that makes, who yes, cares? Because he goes out to the desert with the little children and like, y'all can, <laughs> I don't care. I do not care. That is dumb. That is not the movie I want to watch. I want to watch Tina Turner, like eating an apple and, and chucking it at people. And I want to watch her having to come up in the hard, hard scrabble life. Like that's the story I want to see. Yeah, she needs to. She needs to win uh, Bartertown back from Master Blaster. That's yeah. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares about Mel Gibson and the kids? Yes. See, and I. They made I, her sing that song about whatever they were doing. She should have been singing about Bartertown, how she was going to get it back. Yeah. And again, that's a movie I would watch. And let's also say, let's remind ourselves, dude, when Tina Turner made this movie, she was 46 years old. That's crazy. She was fly as hell. It was just, like, it's glorious. There's no other word for it. And, like, I got myself real worked up because I was doing, like, some, you know, I was looking at clips as we were Uh doing this to remind myself or whatever. And so I, I looked at a couple of YouTube reviews and, like, there was some idiot who was talking about how, like, oh, Tina Turner's got a speaking role, whatever. And I'm like, That's are crazy. you Lamar? She was fantastic. She was a great actor. She <clears throat> was as good as anybody else who had lines. You wouldn't she have known was, she was a singer. She's just, like, no, a great cast. She had tremendous presence. It's like, no, as far as I'm concerned, that is her movie. And, like, y'all can leave it all on the cutting room floor because from what I understand, a lot of dudes don't really like that one because it's not really a... Proper Mad That's Max crazy. Film. That's the only one I'll watch. I know. I can't even Me tell too. you about the other ones. And this is why we're on the same frequency, Will, because we <laughs> like the same thing about the same movie, which is <laughs> Tina Turner. We just got mad at somebody or something. I know. But. And you know what? I decided to I decided to use Auntie. Because it, it occurred to me briefly that I could pick Tim Capello as a barbarian because of his shirtless saxophone playing. But I'm like, no, she's, oh, that's funny. she's the real barbarian. Yeah. He's just an accessory. Yeah. He's not in the film, he's, but he's in the you know video. Yeah, he's he's implied in this. There, it's all captured in this pick, I think. Exactly. And can we just say we don't need another hero? That song is phenomenal. It's a great song. Okay, it's a great <laughs> song. There's just well, what else do you want? What do you people want from me? That's my number one pick, but it's number two. That's excellent one. That's very good. Honorable mentions. All right, before we name our top barbarian, we feel compelled to list some honorable mentions. It's honorable. Okay, I've already mentioned it, but we got to say He-Man, okay, right? Yes. Oh, I get it. We, like, we would be neglect in our duties if we not say He-Man, yes. He-Man was a barbarian, yes. We know about He-Man. He was an important contribution. Agreed. <laughs> and that's all we, but we don't, you know, we've talked about He-Man before, you and I. He's a check mark. He's a check He's a check He's mark. an important well, one. It's not that we don't love He-Man. We do. We clearly, <laughs> we clearly appreciate <laughs> we do. He-Man. I, I particularly love the Dolph Lundgren He-Man. I, I, it's great. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. But, okay, He-Man, right? Get through him, right? All right. Now, the, you may you may fight me on this one because do you think cuz I think there's like literal arguments about this okay. in historian land. Was Genghis Khan a barbarian? You know, I thought a lot about this. Cuz I know you love Genghis Khan. I, I do. Um, I think other people would see him as one. So if we're thinking about like our definition from um from earlier, um, but they had a they what? had a, I yeah, mean, their civilization pretty, was, fact, a, was, he in, made in fact, it happen. his reputation isn't really fair, at least from the little bit I have read, because he was really keen on um, collecting other people's cultures and networking them as they conquered. And, like, we got, like, a good postal, they had, like, the good postal service uh, because of that, and, um, um, like math and technologies and things. So. Right. So okay. So we're but, not. But 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 
our the fictional view of him. But I the don't fictional know. view of him, and that's why he's on my honorable mentions because specifically complicated. A lot of specifically, my honorable mention is Genghis Khan as he appears in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, okay. Which you know, which you know, when he puts he goes in the sporting was, goods store. You know, I thought about that too. Did you think about it? Any and any, the Shadow movie too. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't remember. But I'm talking about Bill and Ted. Yeah. Okay. And he whacks the mannequin and he winds up on the... There's like a hilarious comedy trajectory right. gag where he winds up on the ice rink with Billy the Kid. Anyway, gang is gone in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And then my last honorable mention, which I think will go into your honorable mention, we said we're going to talk about wrestling. Okay? Yes. So first of all, we got to mention that the WWE did have a wrestler called Barbarian. Yes. He was managed by Mr. Fuji. Yes. And then got traded to Bobby Heenan, as was the custom. <laughs> <laughs> as was the custom of the time. Um, there's really, really a lot to say about that, because I mean, he was called Barbarian. But, you know, who I would say for actually, like, my pick would be, I think Bastion Booger counts as a Barbarian. Oh, that's so good, because I thought about the Bushwhackers, but it's sort of the same thing. Okay, so basically, wrestling is rife with, with Barbarian references. Mm-hmm. But those are my picks. But I know you, because we, we talked about it a little bit before... We recorded, which was a mistake. Well, w- well, I'll get into it since we are on the topic of. I'll, I'll get into my honorable mentions then, right? Is that where we are? Yes. Okay. So, uh, sort of picking up where you left off, the big one that you might have been thinking about is the Ultimate Warrior. I didn't see. I don't know if anyone would automatically consider him because I had it, and but then when you said it, I was like, duh, that's a great one. Yeah, he looks exactly like. Uh, the barbarians we described. His whole character is is kind of based on that. He is the perfect pick, except I, we, I wanted to put him in the honorable mentions because in real life, not a not a great dude. No. He, uh, I mean, I don't have to get into the details, but if you're aware of his history at all, the real guy, a lot of racist, homophobic, weird stuff. Yeah, we don't stand. Yes. <laughs> so uh, don't don't care for the Ultimate Warrior, but, but cu- culturally, culturally, in terms of the 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 riff on uh-huh. barbarian archetype, like the neon plumage of his like like tassels and yes. his underpants, how he would sprint up to the ring at freaking top. Speed like yes. a total, yeah. and like shake the ropes like that's yes, good. That's, that's barbarian good barbarian stuff. stuff. Yeah. He is okay. That's why he's an honorable mention. Yes, um, I also had on my list He Man. Um, I was gonna say um, Red Sonia, who's kind of like a yeah, yeah, yeah. voluptuous well, female Conan. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, Odorous Arungus from Guar. I was gonna think. I was really? thinking about saying him. Funny. Yeah. Um. Oh, here's one that was kind of interesting. Um, Tarna from Heavy Metal. The okay, m- the that's, movie. that's not my zhuzh, but I got it. Yeah, I, I mean, you're probably it's sort of like it's like lowbrow, uh, but high concept, like the heavy metal magazine. It was like an it was an an adult exploitative film, but she was a, she made an important cultural contribution to barbarian lists, I think. Yes, Sword Lady, um, and then the last one I had was Larn from Fire and Ice. That was the rotoscoped Frank Frazetta movie they did. It was sort of like Conan if he were a Disney prince kind of. Okay, and so. Uh, that, that's all my list. That's, that's good. The, that was all the barbarians. This is a good list. Number one. So, Bill, who's your number one barbarian of all time? Well, I try to pick a good one because we have to share the number one. At okay. least how we have the show right now. We'll see now. if I take ownership so of this So my number one, actually very similar to the first thing you pick for similar reasons, is um, the character Axe Battler from the Sega arcade game Golden Axe. Okay, that's fine. That's that's your pick. That's good. He is the sword barbarian character that you can pick in this yeah. side-scrolling arcade whoop-em-up game. Oh, for that reason, I thought about picking the, the barbarian in Diablo 3, but that's I did good. too, actually. Okay, um, there you go. So he looks exactly like this. Um, he's got the square-cut long hair, blue underpants, sword. He hangs out with the Amazon uh, lady and the dwarf, and they're trying to kill some dude named the Black Adder. It's real barbarian stuff. Um, he's who he is what I think of when I think of a traditional barbarian more so than Conan because I grew up with him and like you were saying the the game is simple enough that you project a lot onto it and it's just so moody and the sprites are so small you really like connect with them and there's something about like 
a side-scrolling game, I think, that makes it sort of implies some determination because it's just a relentless wave after wave, and you feel like he's done something by the time you get to the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if you got to go eat dinner, you got to pause it and hope that your mom doesn't ask you why the TV's still on. <laughs> and then sometimes you try to be sneaky, and you, like, turn the TV off, and you keep it paused, and Nintendo's on, but the TV's off, but then, like, you know, like, but then why is this on? And then they turn it off, and then everything's gone. That is, a, that is exactly right. And you got to rise from the ashes. And if you play with two-player, maybe the person you're playing with doesn't play it as much, and they've been losing some of your lives, so you can't get to the end of it. And, you know, you really try to learn about maturity and friendship through that sort of situation. I think barbarians are known for that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I like him. And, and, credit to, right. and credit to his character design, because they didn't overdo it. He, he is the things we talked about. Underpants, sword, long hair, relentless. What else do you need? Quintessential barbarian. He is our agreed upon. He is the, he is the, the platonic ideal, shall we say? Yes. Well, yeah. what the civilized people say. <laughs> With Excellent. our togas. Okay. Um, I'm really pleased with this. Our list was good. Can I just congratulate us for a while? Because I think our list was really good. I think so, too. It also, was a good mix. You know how I was trying to reassure everybody? I'm pretty relieved. I think our show works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, had a lot, I, had a I mean, this could, we could have gotten done and been like, I just, I don't know if it was the barbarians or the show, but <laughs> I feel energized and resolute about our barbarian I feel picks. ready to pillage. I would, I would, I would hang out with these guys. Uh, and I mean, and, and so if you have thoughts about this list or your own suggestions, you can email us about all that. Please do. Uh, yes, do uh, because we'll we'll um, we'll try to mention it on like our our next show or a future show. We really really will. You can email us at rumors at thewizardsnightshirt dot com, or you can um, hit us up on social media. Um, uh, uh, and, and let it, let us know there. Rebecca, where can people find us on social media? You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram, or you can visit thewizardsnightshirt.com to find out about this show and our other shows, such as Curdle Holler, our original Halloween comedy series, as well as a complete archive of our Masters of the Universe review show. Or come geek out with me about audio production on my weekly stream at twitch.tv slash keengarrity, K-E-E-N-G-A-R-R-I-T-Y, we're going to get into some editing. Thanks, Rebecca. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week, because this is a weekly show, when we uh, cover a new champion and we call forth new champions from the great beyond. See you next time. The legends they tell of a hero Facing down fears and cutting down foes There's no resemblance to what you know your own deeds feel humble and few But you've waited through tedious waves In a world gray and flat You're still here And we're glad The bar's there.